Hey listeners, Sam here with a quick note before we get started this week. This episode was originally meant to contain clips of the songs we used to base this week's creations off of. However, between recording and editing, we did a little more research into fair use laws for copyrighted material, and decided ultimately it was a better idea not to include those clips just to be safe. So instead, we've created a Spotify playlist with all of the songs we used as inspiration, and included a link to it in the show notes. We had a lot of fun recording this one, and hope you have fun listening even without the included audio clips. All right, back to the episode. Hello, everyone, and thanks for coming back to World Forge. World Forge is a podcast by creators and for creators, where we use random prompts to invent just about anything you can imagine. Together, we'll make heroes and villains, ancient monsters and magical cities, and our hope is that we can inspire all the other creators and storytellers out there listening to do the same. So without any further ado, I'm Piper. And I'm Sam. And welcome to World Forge. everyone happy november happy yeah it is november now i suppose isn't it november yeah. 1st as of this recording yeah. countdown to turkey time yes uh thank you <laughs> listeners for coming back to another episode of world forage we're, exactly. we're happy to have you and we're glad you survived that spooky month of terrifying uh episodes we did for you here yeah but. no fright forge is out thanksgiving forge is in absolutely yeah <laughs> and we are so thankful to you all <laughs> for listening to our crazy rambles seriously we, honestly we got so awesome feedback from uh the the last couple episodes it was really really cool to hear people saying that some of the you know the little vignettes we were doing at the beginning were genuinely terrifying to people and that it was it was actually something that had the effect we were hoping it had so that was really really exciting so <laughs> we're really glad that that worked out so well uh we'll try and do more of that i think for different uh sort of like special occasions yeah, yeah holiday things in the future here because those are those are a blast to do it i was really enjoyed those a lot of fun it was good creative uh incentive too to get to like write uh some things before we actually started but yeah i loved it a lot too yeah yeah absolutely but uh this week piper we have another very fun topic here what are we doing um so this was actually a prompt that was gifted to us yes. uh and it comes from angus yes angus our our dear sweet listener angus on twitter who is always really really angus we're giving you a big shout out here we love you you always are giving us really <laughs> really kind feedback and you're always you know you you pop in once in a while on twitter and just tell us hey i love this episode or hey i'm on this one now and this Which is a really cool thing you did. yeah that that means a lot so uh Seriously, keep it coming, uh, my dude. That, yeah. That's that's always really, really it, – it's a bright spot in our week here when we get that kind of feedback. So uh, thank you for that. And thank you for suggesting this awesome episode topic that mm -hmm. we're going to be doing this yeah. week. Uh, and I, I interrupted you here, Piper, as you, you were did. explaining, I think. Yeah, what what is it? Um, so Angus suggested that we – uh, shuffle random songs on our musical playlists yes. and use those songs as inspirations for some of our creations. Yeah. So we've both got a big uh, Spotify playlist here. Each well, of us. Well, you have a Spotify. I, Spotify, I have whatever. a uh, YouTube music. All right. Well, we're not <laughs> sponsored by either of them, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. But yeah, we each have a playlist of a lot of our favorite songs here, some songs that we think will be fun to kind of use as inspiration to create from. And so, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be making each of us a couple of different characters mm -hmm. uh, based on those songs that 
that come up. Yeah. And since we're not really going to do an opening uh, inspiration section, because we yeah. already, that's kind of going to be part of what we are doing as we go through our music that yeah. comes up. Um, I just wanted to say, I hope everyone had a very spooky and safe Halloween. Yeah. Hopefully you found a way to get together still um, and do something in a, in a safe way. Um, I was so excited about our Halloween that we yeah. had just last night because um, we, we decided to do it outside for the sake of like social distancing and all of that jazz. And we went over to my parents' place, had a nice bonfire, met some new friends that came along, which is really great. Yeah. Um, but I was so excited because Sam and I got to go as one of my <laughs> childhood favorite characters, uh, which is Tintin and Captain Haddock. Yeah. And that was so much fun for me. I hope you liked being Captain Haddock as much as I, maybe not as much as I loved being Tintin. But. No, I really enjoyed it because it, it checked all of the boxes that are necessary for me to really enjoy a costume, which <laughs> is made from clothes that I already own. Yep. Uh, I get to drink as part of the costume. Are encouraged to drink yes. as part of the costume. <laughs> and I don't have to like shave or do anything with my hair. You know, it was a very easy, low maintenance costume. Well, I'll try and get some pictures of that up on Twitter, actually, because the that, that was a lot of fun. And I, I think that would probably be interesting for you all to see. Right? That would be great. I would love to share that, too. It was really fun. Uh, I loved that it was just like a comfortable costume for me, too, because oh I just God, wore like yes. a button up shirt and a sweater and these big comfy pants. And yeah. then I had this huge trench coat. Um, so it was nice to actually stay toasty and warm outside yeah. around the fire Absolutely. in a costume that I just loved being in. Yeah. It no, was great. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and we had a little snowy dog with us too, a stuffed animal. And also my parents' standard poodle, Bony Bones Jones, was running around as well. So we yeah. had dogs akimbo. Yeah. It was great. So, uh, that, I guess maybe that can be kind of an early rec room for you here is go, go look up Tintin. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a fun little kind of Indiana Jones style kind of adventure. Uh, it, it originally was a Belgian comic, but there was a movie that came out a few years ago, a, a Steven Spielberg uh, animated film yeah. that is delightful. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I've actually heard that they are planning on making a second one, awesome. which I really hope they do because I loved the first one so much and yeah. I watch it all the time. So I would love to see that continue. Yeah. yeah. No, that would be really, really great. So uh, we'll, we'll look out for that, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was kind of our Halloween. Like we said, we hope you all had a good one too, but I... I think that's about all we have for we don't really have any news about D D or anything here. We we've I just started a new job recently, so we've put Ooh. off our D D games the last uh, week or two. So it it's uh it's been a little bit of a dry spell for us here. But we're hoping that, you know, maybe this episode can kind of motivate us to get back <laughs> get back in the game a little bit here and find find ways to to keep that going. But yeah, um absolutely. Let's go ahead then and just jump right in, I think. Cool. Uh Piper, do you want to go first I and uh, spin the wheel? Yeah, sure. go ahead. Okay. So I want to start by saying um, the playlist that I decided to use for this random generation is one that I have uh, – I've been building it for a super long time. I call it my inspiration playlist. Yeah. And this is – it's pretty much – my favorite songs, they're songs that make me happy, that inspire me and get me all like pumped up and ready to go for things. Um, but a lot of these songs are, they're kind of sad or they're beautiful. They're inspiring to me in different ways. Yeah. So I have a nice variety in here, which I'm I, excited to kind of like see what kind of comes up and share with everybody. I, I often feel that you have a very strange way of defining what is inspiring because, you know, you, you'll say songs like Fast Car by Tracy Chapman are so like happy and motivating to you. And I'm like, it's a song about like, 
like being in like a hopeless economic place and part of the system <laughs> that like keeps you down. But you're like, oh, but I love it. It builds so much. Like, I'm curious to see what comes out of this playlist. Absolutely. <laughs> well, just to uh, clarify, since you just put me on blast about Fast Car, I just have to say, I recognize that that song, it tells a sad story. But what I love about it is, first of all, it's incredibly beautiful, rather haunting. There are several lyrics in it that just like touch my heart every time I hear yeah. them. Um, but the way that the main chorus, it like builds up to this oh, yeah. big, like hopeful sound. And that's what I've always personally taken from the song Fast Car yeah. is that even though her life doesn't go the way she wants it to, she continues to have these dreams and she keeps, I see there as like kind of a shred of optimism that yeah. she holds on in her heart that she's like, you know what? Maybe if we just left, if we just got out of here, like we could fix everything and everything would be great again. Of course. And just holding on to those moments of euphoria that in otherwise very <laughs> sad life. It's like, I think that's so important. And that's what I personally take from it and yeah. what makes me happy. It, it is a beautiful song. Yeah. I love that song. I'm not trying to roast it. It's it's amazing. Uh, I just think it's <laughs> it's really grim and depressing <laughs> in the, from my perspective. But yeah. I, I, I mean, I hope that, you know, we're going to have the same kind of back and forth with all the songs that we come up with, because I think that's where we're going to get some of the most interesting kind of sources of inspiration. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy to just let you go ahead and uh, hit the shuffle button here and see what comes up. Let's see what comes up. All right. So not surprising. The first song that I got is definitely a love ballad because <laughs> okay. so many of my favorite songs are all about love, which yeah. I feel like a majority of all songs are about love or relationships or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's kind of low-hanging fruit. Anyone yeah. can write. It. Yeah, it's it's like mass appeal. Anyone can relate to that for the most part. Yeah. So the song that I got is When I Fall in Love by Nat King Cole. Ooh. Yeah. That's a great one. Okay. And so instantly where my mind is going with this is because the lyrics right off the bat that I can think of, you know, when I fall in love, it will be forever. And that's this kind of idea that like, yeah. otherwise I will never fall in love. It's like all or nothing, that kind of a situation. So I'm kind of being drawn to the forever part of that right now. And I kind of like the idea of maybe I can create like a couple where one person maybe like essentially bewitched the other, like put a spell on them. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so they, they make them fall in love forever. And, and th yeah, so I guess the story that I'm kind of building just right here off the top of my head from the perspective of Nat King Cole, the singer, I think there's someone who says, I need to my love when I give it, it has to be eternal. And so they don't want to take any chances that it won't be. So I think they find somebody that they decide, I think this is the person that I'm in love with, but I can't take any chances. So they cast a spell on that individual, interesting, like a love spell. And then they, that way that person is like, I'm going to be with you forever and ever. So this reminds me a lot, actually, of there's a storyline in The Witcher um, that it, I, I think it's it spans several games, um, but it kind of resolves in The Witcher 3 between uh, Geralt and Yennefer, how Geralt basically, he asks a, a genie to intertwine their fates forever so they'll always kind of be like drawn back together. And Yennefer gets kind of pissed about it when she finds out because she's like, "Is do we actually care about each other? Right, is or this is real? Just, is this fake? Yeah, is yeah. it just this magic that's bringing us together, right? So I think that would be kind of an interesting angle to approach it from is, you know, the the person who they get a love potion or they get a love spell you know they go out to some some witch or wizard or something in the forest and they they get this magic they cast it on their unsuspecting lover and then you know things are good for a little while until maybe one day their lover finds out and they kind of have to say 
is, you know, what you did to me wasn't really right. That was, it, I don't know, like, that was sort of like a breach of trust, I think, in some ways. Oh, totally. like, I think that's sort of taking control away from them. And so maybe this turns into a quest to try and find a way to break that spell and see if, you know, their love is actually true, if they still love each other after that spell is broken. That could be definitely one way to go with it. I'm also kind of seeing, like, sort of a branch off from that is this idea that instead of the other person finding out, because they have this love spell on them, so I feel like even yeah. if they found out the love spell is potent enough that they're like, no, but I would have loved you this much anyway without the spell. And I think what the real conflict is actually is from the Nat King Cole character per- perspective. Yeah. They're now filled with doubt and they're like, do you actually love me this much? Oh, yeah. Like they, I think they would, the guilt would cause them one day, maybe like they've been married to the, the, the love of their life for, let's say like 10, 15 years or so. Yeah. And one day they, they come to them and they're like, I have to tell you something. I have to be honest with you. I, gave you a love potion and that's why you're so in love with me and the person's like no these are my genuine feelings and they're like are they though and now they're kind of like racked with doubt and so i think what story i want to create is uh, inspired by nat's name i think this is a king (laughs) who like found this lady that he fell in love with and he gave the spell to her and he married her and she became his queen and i think actually the the quest that i want to send him on is he's like i need to find the witch or wizard that that i bought this potion from so i can get it removed because then when i can remove the spell i'll know if if their love is actually genuine for me yeah so i I mean i feel like that's just kind of like a different angle to attack this from and i think that is a little bit more I don't know. It's a little more positive, I think. I, I want to uh, give it a positive, yeah. like because the song <laughs> yeah. is so beautiful and just like sweet. Um, if I were like writing this as a short story, I think the way that I would kind of want like the ending ish to go would be, you know, they maybe they get the spell lifted and through this journey and through everything, the person that you know the magic is gone from them and they're like, you went to the ends of the earth searching to like find this you could give me my freedom of choice and all of this stuff and i love you so much and these are my genuine feelings they have been from the start and maybe it'll be revealed oh i never gave the person the potion maybe they just loved you that much originally the witch you know you you go on this epic quest to find this witch again and they say you know that was just sugar water right yeah it wasn't really there was no magic in it exactly (laughs) so like that's the adventure is you're thinking this whole time you're gonna go and find you know another spell to break this powerful magic and in reality you know that the magic was in you all along i love those <laughs> they, they stupid actually things you. um i think that would be cool and i also kind of like this witch character this is sort of an interesting figure i think that they're they're selling you know sort of fake love potions but they're sort of just scamming people are they doing it because they really actually believe in true love and they want to bring people together or are they doing it because they're just kind of like a snake oil salesman or are they doing it for you know what are the reasons behind giving someone a placebo love potion i think that could be an interesting character to kind of flesh out as well definitely i'm getting kind of like wacky witch vibes that like when they find her (laughs) she's like i give a lot of potions to a lot of people like did what's what happened to your wife did she become ginormous did she grow as big as your castle (laughs) like i think i sold that to you last week didn't i and he's like no this is a potion you gave me 20 years ago and she's like oh okay okay hang on let me think and like because she's like like constantly like giving random stuff to people to be like here you go <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm picturing like the um we we watched Brave recently, the uh yeah. the old crone out in the woods who's got all the, you know, wood carvings of bears and things like that <laughs> everywhere. Like she's just got she's just kind of scatterbrained and every spell that she has is like 
kind of poorly labeled and organized so she's just grabbing stuff off shelves and you know throw everything at the wall and see what sticks you know she totally. gives a bunch of potions to people and she's like take these until you get the desired results i like that and what i like about that too is because i feel like a big part of it is them trying to hunt this woman down yeah but she's like constantly like popping in and out of places like totally. literally like maybe magically transporting herself around and also not really helpful right exactly <laughs> so yeah no i love the idea maybe even this could be something i think it would be fun to like casually mention for a campaign would be oh as you're traveling on this major like highway like to get wherever you're going yeah. a caravan passes by and it's like this this royal caravan that inside the main like enormous elaborate carriage is the king and queen and they go past and they're like wow there's just royalty going down this yeah. road where are they going it's like oh those two are on this quest to find a witch they're like yeah. looking for this lady to they've been hunting they actually, for her yeah. forever like it's in all the royal tabloids you know <laughs> is their love real or is it fake yeah. like time will tell it's in peasant magazine yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i like that i think that would be really interesting and you know and imagine all all of the different kind of quests and encounters that could come out of that you know say you're not even playing as the king or queen say you're just a you know a person on the street that the king has hired to help find this witch or something like that you know i mean there, there's a lot of ways that the party could get involved with this story in really really interesting ways i think mm -hmm. i love the idea that because i just like spinning random little scenes of dialogue in my mind but i love the idea that maybe at one point like let's say you travel with this caravan for a little ways just because it's convenient yeah um and you're around the the banquet fire and you're having a conversation with the queen and you ask her in a moment of like you know you're just kind of bold enough to say it you're like do you think you're under a spell or do you think this is something that you truly feel and she's like this is definitely just my emotions but i love my husband and i'm going to support him and i'm going to go with him so he can feel better about this so yeah. he knows that this is what's true absolutely and just like you hear her support and then you have to ask yourself it's like wow that sounds like a really nice thing but is that the potion talking or is that her <laughs> <laughs> that would be very very interesting and i'm curious how you could kind of bottle that if you will i think as a player it would be very interesting if my dm told me okay your character is underneath uh, is is under some kind of a spell they're under some kind of magical influence right mm -hmm. you can't break it it's not something you can just make a will save to get out of it's it's you know like a curse essentially right and because of it everything that you feel you're going to question because you're not going to know if it's you really feeling it mm -hmm. or if it's you know in, imposed by this magical kind of aura that's that's living in and around you right exactly i i'm very curious how that would be i, I would love to play a, a character in that kind of a situation i think that would be a really interesting thing because it would make me question my own actions and, and the things that i'm doing in a different way do i want to go and solve this quest save this you know damsel from a dragon or you know whatever do i want to do that because it's actually me or right. do I want to do it? You know, I'm just sort of struggling with this identity that I have now. Exactly. It's that terrifying and mi mind boggling question of what is real. Yes. And I think oftentimes what it comes down to is you deciding whether it's real or not. Is it real to you? And is that all that matters? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So I, I, this is a great first song I think we have. Hey. This, we got some good stuff out of this. We've mined some some gems Hooray! Uh, <laughs> from, from this one. So I'm going to go ahead and Give us a shuffle. Give, yeah, give my shuffle here and see what my first song is. So I guess to kind of talk about my playlist a little bit too before I do in the same way as you have, mm -hmm. uh, 
mine's just kind of a playlist of my favorite songs. I'm really bad about keeping playlists, actually. Like, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll need a playlist for, like, a specific thing, and I'll, in 10 minutes, I'll just throw a bunch of stuff in there, and I don't, like, continue to add to it until something kind of prompts me to again. And I would like to have, I don't know, I I, I wish that I had more playlists for, like, oh, here's the music I listen to when I'm sad, or here's the music I listen to when I'm happy, or, you know, pretty much I have a favorite music playlist, a birthday, like, song playlist (laughs) that I had from a couple years ago. You've got singing karaoke in cars with friends. I do have writing in cars with friends. You've got road trip tunes. (laughs) Road trip tunes, I suppose. But those are all things that I kind of created for specific instances and I yeah. don't really add to them anymore. So maybe I'm going to try and push myself. This is a totally aside from the, no, <laughs> from the it's, topic it's at hand. It's good. Yeah. I have a bunch of, I'm the opposite of you. I have a yeah. lot of playlists that are totally based on mood that I frequently add to whenever I hear something. I'm like, this is yeah. perfect for my like yeah. nebulous tide playlist, like the music that inspires me while I'm working on that story. Or I have a rainy day playlist, which is all just like beautiful instrumental stuff that I can listen to when I'm writing or yeah. drawing or doing anything creative or sitting in a bathtub full of bubbles. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I guess then to kind of sum it up, that this would be the playlist of songs that I feel like any one of these songs in the playlist, I could be in the mood to listen to at any time. Yeah. These, are, these are definitely like classic favorite Sam jams here. So Sam jams. let's go ahead and see what the first one I get is. Uh, it is. Ooh, okay. This is a good one. So I got the song Unbeliever by You Plus Me. So yeah. this is a really cool song by a really interesting duo, actually. Um, you Plus Me was a side project by Pink mm-hmm. and the guy from uh, uh, City in Color, I think. And it's not really like either of their you know, the the music that they do kind of solo. It's this really kind of relaxed, sort of folky, chill, uh, acoustic, like really kind of stripped down album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really showcases both of their like incredible voices. I love a, a male and female uh, duet. I think that that sort of mirroring is always really, really beautiful. Um, and this song specifically is, it's probably my favorite on this album. Uh, I think it's called Rose Avenue. It was the only album they released. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there, there's a couple of lyrics that stand out to me in this song that I can think of. There, So there's one part where they say, I wander through this dead city with the devil's voice inside my head. Um, and there's another one where they say, they, they kind of like skip, uh, it's like a jump ahead a little bit. They say, I feel just like some ill-fated beast. Mm. Um, and I kind of like the idea of, you know, maybe this is a character that they're, to the name of the song, Unbeliever, I, I think Unbeliever implies that someone stopped believing in something, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that's love or, uh, or you know, like some ideal that they held dear to them previously, or if it's, you know, maybe it's even like a god. I so maybe say some higher power. Yeah, I, I think this character would be really interesting as a cleric that maybe they, they gave up their oath to their god, a cool. cleric or a paladin. They said that this god no longer... They don't give me power, so I, I don't think they're real. I cast them aside, and they made a pact with some other entity, maybe like a demon or something, and mm-hmm. became a warlock. So I think that would be a very, very interesting cool. transition for a character yeah. to to go into sort of, you know, clerics and warlocks or, or paladins and warlocks, I think, exist very much on opposite sides of this coin because they both are they're, – they're all – classes that get their magic from mm-hmm. yeah like a higher power mm-hmm. in agreement essentially a pact yeah. but with a cleric or a paladin i typically view that as more of like a kind of a uh i don't know like a balanced relationship mm-hmm. it's not really like a contract it's somebody saying i genuinely believe in you and yeah. i want to you know i want to help you and you help me kind of back and forth um and not necessarily all the time but 
that's what I generally sort of think of. Mm-hmm. With a warlock, I picture it much more like this is a deal. And if you, you know, go out on the deal, there will be consequences. So yeah, yeah that's kind of a, it's kind of a cool shift, I think, to look at. I so, like it. I have a question for you about yeah. your character here. What do you think would have to happen to cause them to forsake the deity they once prayed to yeah you know maybe they maybe in a moment of extreme need they you know they went to like summon up the their strength to cast a spell to save someone they loved and they didn't have enough power to do it and they kind of thought well my god is supposed to be looking out for me i serve them every single day and they couldn't grant me the power to save this family member of mine that Mm i i loved and they died and now maybe they blamed their god for that so maybe that's why they went and made this pact with like a devil. So here's kind of the behind the scenes justification I want to have for that. I I think it would be interesting if unbeknownst to this cleric, their god was in sort of this like power struggle with another powerful figure, right? Maybe it was a, a demon lord or something. Let's just say that. Because they were in this struggle, they found it much harder to sort of give power to their followers. Their Their followers were starting to kind of wane in power and so when this cleric went to go and you know summon up their magic to save someone there wasn't enough there to go around so they weren't able to save this person they loved very cool they thought it was just because their god was kind of forsaking them so they Mm -hmm. said you know what no screw you i'm not going to serve you anymore if you're not going to help me in my time of need you don't deserve my my devotion and they go and say, I have to find some new vocation. And now suddenly they're approached by this demon lord who orchestrated the whole thing. I love and they that. said, you know what? They couldn't give you power, but I can. I have power like you've never seen before. And, they, you know, it would be this sort of like finding someone when they're at their lowest and taking advantage of their weakness, right? And they would say, if you want to get back at this god, I can give you the power to do it. When really this demon was the one that, you know, orchestrated the whole thing because they want to try and get at this god. I think that's I like that a lot. totally the kind of thing that a, a savvy demon lord would do. Is yeah. Kind of playing these. He's pirating these... all of your followers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Playing sort of 10 dimensional chess here. Uh, with the gods. That sounds really, really fun. And so how does this story end up resolving? You know, does this cleric end up, you know, they turn into a warlock and they go and they on a, on a quest to take down this god and kill them? Do they actually succeed in that? Or at some point, do they maybe see a sign where they realize, no, my god was there for me all along. They wanted to help me, but they weren't able to. And I'm being tricked. It's actually mm-hmm. this demon's fault that my, my, you know, beloved, you know, brother, or sister, or child or whatever was killed. Yeah. yeah. You know what? One thing that I'm picturing, my mind is going to, uh, Clash the Titans and oh, yeah. this idea that if human beings don't give their prayers to the gods and the gods lose power. Yeah. And so I like the idea maybe that if the demon is successful enough in pulling away enough followers of this deity, by the time your warlock meets the god, they're essentially just a mortal person yeah. who can now be easily killed because no one believes in them anymore. I like that a lot. That's yeah. really, and that's exactly, you know, the, the demon lord is sitting on their their skull throne just cackling, thinking, this is what I wanted all along, you know? Exactly. That's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. No, I think that would be very epic and, and sad, yeah. but beautiful. I think this would be a really cool thing to kind of look at as, you know, this doesn't necessarily have to be like one quest 
quest that your party goes on, I think this is something that would kind of sit in the background for a long time for your character. You know, this is this is just your backstory and it's going to slowly bubble up over the course of your adventure, you know. But at the same time, I think you could easily build a campaign around this. Um, if most of the things that your party gets involved with are in some way connected to this demon and you, you're trying to kind of uncover the truth, right? If you're slowly finding out something's kind of sus about mm-hmm. about this demon like we don't know you know we're, we're seeing there's a lot of obstacles in our path that bear feel, their signature here i feel like that <laughs> statement is a bit of a uh uh what oxymoron <laughs> yeah, yeah, redundant. It's a obvious yeah, yeah it's like there's something sus about this demon <laughs> and everyone's like yeah dude that should be the name Lord. of that like campaign something sus about <laughs> this demon <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Very fun. Um, You're like, hmm, what could it be? I I think this would be a really fun thing to kind of <laughs> tease out of a player and yeah, and have this this grow into something really, really interesting. And as a DM, I would love to be finding ways to connect all of the party's troubles to this one sort of early early act or this early event or this early character. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's very fun. Cool. Should I jump in with another song? Le- yeah, I feel good about this one, Piper. Jump in with another. Let's do a little jukebox shuffle. Ah, oh, cute. Love this one. Okay. So the next one I got is actually from the Bodyguard motion picture oh soundtrack. Oh my god, of course it is. Um, And it's by an artist named Curtis Steigers. Oh, it's not a it's the it's only not, non-Whitney Houston it's song. It's not a Whitney Houston song. <laughs> this is called What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. Okay. Um, And it's super jazzy and fun. This yeah. is where you insert the really like, yes. like <laughs> trumpet heavy saxophone bit and it's like, oh, it's super fun. Yeah. Um, Okay, real quick tangent just because I have to share I was so proud when we were watching the show The Great on Hulu several months ago. Um, there is a scene in the show where it either opens or closes on this song, but it's a very slow cover of this song here. Yeah. And so it's like really drawn out and like dramatic and dark, but it's like, you know, them being like, what's so funny about peace, love yeah. and understanding? It- where normally I'm used to, <laughs> what's so fun about peace, love and understanding? It's also, like everyone's like dancing around. Isn't it a Tina Turner song originally? Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I'd have to do a little Googling to find Research, out. Research. Who needs it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, I want to feed off of this cover. This version of this song is like super big and happy. Okay, so here's, here's where my mind's going. Bear with me. Yeah. Last night, it was Halloween. We came home. We watched Over the Garden Wall because, duh. One of your favorite episodes <laughs> is uh, Frog, the Frogland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fro- Frogtown Follies? Frog, Frogtown Follies? Something that sounds like that. about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is... Um, that's not the name. I just... I know it's not, but it's something along those lines. <laughs> but I'm literally thinking of at some point in your uh, adventurer's travels, um, you'll be passing through kind of like a marshland and you hear tell that there's like this big festival that's happening or this big gathering and so you're like hey that sounds like fun we've been traveling for a long time let's go there and as you you know part the cocktails you'll yeah. come to this like little frog community where there's this kind of like gospel <laughs> revival event happening and they're like singing these big songs like what's so funny about peace love and understanding they're, they're singing what's so froggy about peace, what's so froggy exactly yeah. yeah no it's like um <laughs> it's essentially a uh like a tent revival going on yeah, here in okay. this little swamp so all these frogs are coming in and they're 
they're pushing little tadpoles in wheelchairs to like get them healed by this like magical spirit. Okay, and I like that. I think this is just like a simple little fun side thing that you can do. Yeah. But it would just literally be like a nice like night of reprieve. Yeah. Um, where you can go there and you can either maybe you guys are injured and you can have hands laid upon you by these frogs and get blessed by the frog <laughs> spirit. And the you know the music lifts everybody up and you all get like plus ten and like inspiration I, yeah. and things like that. I, so I do think sometimes it is really difficult to find things for your party to do when you're in between adventures, right? Right. And, and you know, of course, you can say, oh, you you go to an inn and you sit down at the bar and you each have a drink, and you know, it's like. Those those moments are important too, right? To kind of give legitimacy to the world and to build it up and to have these things. But you don't necessarily want to have that every single time you have downtime, right? right? I think it would be really fun to just be traveling and, you know, you're not – maybe you're not going somewhere that you're urgently trying to get to mm-hmm. and your party stumbles across something like this and you just have a fun night of – you know, I, I mean, if you really wanted to go extra and be like world's greatest DM, you could totally, you know, record a, you know, like a cover of this if you're musically inclined or you could make little little puppets of frogs or something. Oh I think that gosh. would be a really fun thing to try and find ways to kind of enhance that experience, I yeah. think, with, with intertextuality and adding other things into it like that. That would be really, really neat. I totally agree. I think one thing that I want to draw from the like the title and the lyrics of this song is this idea of, you know, their question about peace and all these things. I think yeah. this community, they're pacifists. And that's the one thing yeah, okay. that they say when you enter, they're like, oh, we'd love for you to come and join us, but you have to check your weapons here uh, at the toadstool because um, <laughs> you, you can't bring them in. Our community doesn't allow weapons of any kind. We are only peaceful people here, peaceful frogs and people only. Uh, So if you have people in your group who are like, no, I'm never parting my weapons, that might become a bit of something that they have to deal with. Um, But yeah, I think that's really important is that, in fact, I love the idea. We were just talking about this, Sam, when we were driving someplace recently and I was saying, I love the idea of having a D&D session or a campaign that's set in a world that is currently having a big war yeah. go on. And I was we were talking about the idea that your party would either like mostly be avoiding the front or, you know, staying away from the war. But maybe at some point you have to pass through no man's land in order to get to where you want to go. So you can't you have to become part of this. So what I'm thinking about with these cute little pacifist like gospel frogs <laughs> is there's I like the idea there's a war happening right now and they are refusing to choose a side. Yeah, they're, they're Sweden. They're a bunch of Swedish frogs. Exactly. And or, I uh, think... Switzerland. Swiss frogs. That's what it is. <laughs> and I think um, in this world, you know, you, ha- you can't be gray. You have to be black or white. And so yeah. I think this frog community has seen a lot of pressure from outside forces being like, you have to decide who where your loyalty yeah. lies, you frogs. And they're like, no, what you just like, <laughs> let's just sing together, guys. Let's just like be cool. I think that's interesting. And uh, yeah, if we wanted to turn this into an adventure instead of just a, you know, a fun evening for the party. That would be a really cool way to do it, to come upon this community that says they're trying to make us join the war and we don't want to join. That's not really what our people do. We don't Mm -hmm. like to fight. We don't we that's that's not what we're all about. Right. Help us find a way to keep out of this. You know, help us make a deal with some local lord or help us, you know, hide away from the war. Help us move all of our, you know, our civilization somewhere else to another swamp or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be an interesting task for the party that wouldn't necessarily have to involve combat, which is another thing that I think can be really, really difficult 
difficult to come up with sometimes. So yeah. I love that. I also feel like my Frogman character, Renee, would fit in really well in this community. I mean, especially sort of the, you know, like gospel and blues and all that. That kind of fits in together in, in the same hat, I think. And that's kind of what my frog bard, Renee, was inspired by. Yeah, totally. I think that would be a really, really fun thing to, you know, maybe I'll try and find a way to tie this into our game where we have Renee and see Ooh, if, you know, he has a little, a little Frogtown band or something that he joins for a while. That'd be so good. Um, what you were just saying about uh, a quest and maybe they have to try and like move the community or something. I actually love the idea that maybe that's what the the party decides. They're like, oh, you guys have to get out of here because people are coming and they're going to like burn the swamp down because they don't yeah. like that you're so pass that you're pacifists. And the frogs, I'm picturing sort of... <laughs> Those damn pacifists, let's kill them all! <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so offended by their neutrality. <laughs> well, some people are because they inspire other people to like yeah. not join the war effort. Um, but no, I'm I'm picturing the kind of the, the ways of like peaceful like monks, Buddhist monks, who they're like, no, let them come. We we are going to stay here. We've been here forever. We're not moving. We yeah. think we're going to sing our songs and they'll listen to us and they'll stop fighting. And they're like, you know, they won't. Absolutely. They're murderers and they're going to come and they're going to burn your cute little frog town. You have to hop away. And they're like, no, we shall stay put and we yeah. will sing our songs of peace. That's that's super cool. I, yeah, I would I would love to find a way to incorporate this into our game. So I think I'm going to. Yay. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try and do that. Um, yeah, you know, something else that I, I forgot to mention at the top of the episode here, actually, that I, I want to thank all of our listeners and our friends who joined in on this is this weekend we had our first ever world forge uh and friends game night so we we actually streamed among us with uh mm -hmm. with some of our buddies uh some other podcasters we had jared from monsters and multi-class we had our friend vale uh, holy cannoli on twitter we had alex who yeah we, we had a, a, a mike from dice tower theater we had uh, some other listeners on board we had a bunch of people and it was just really really fun uh and when we were talking actually jared recommended that we do an episode where we create monk characters because he said oftentimes he has a lot of trouble making monks really interesting mm -hmm. uh, and so that what you just kind of said about these monks that kind of stoically stand and say no i don't want to we're we're this temple of peaceful monks. We don't want to get involved in a conflict or whatever. That could be an interesting sort of story to tell. But definitely, um, I I am very much looking forward to doing that episode. I think that'll be a cool one. I want to do more episodes where we just pick a class and yeah. create characters based around that class. So totally, um, that's something we're going to try to do really soon. So thank you for that recommendation, Jared. Yeah. Also, just want to chime in and say I would have loved to join you guys for that game, <laughs> but I am. I gave myself a deadline of when I wanted to finish the story that I'm writing, and so I've had to try and refuse most fun <laughs> opportunities that have come my way this last couple of weeks just yeah. so I could sit down and furiously write chapters yes. and try to get them done. So, But that's okay. We're going to do more anyway. So yeah, um, yeah actually, listeners, if you want to join in on that, uh, we're going to be putting out announcements on Twitter whenever we do those. We're you know looking at maybe doing something like this once a month or you know or something like that once every couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, if you just follow us on Twitter at WorldForgePod, you'll see these updates and you'll see uh, usually with about a week's notice, week or two's notice, I think we're going to try and do it. Uh, have have these games put together and you can join in we'd love to have you uh so we'll we'll be updating you here as well uh as more of those events start to happen but we just kind of last minute said why not do this this would be really fun so yeah uh more of those coming up but i'm gonna pop over to my second song here do it sam it looks like i got ooh, i got montezuma by the fleet foxes oh fleet foxes um, i love fleet foxes so much they're kind of like the embodiment of just my brand of music. I, mm -hmm. I love this kind of 
calm, folky, just, I don't know. They're so great. Um, they <laughs> calm are... Calm and folky is very much how I would describe <laughs> your music, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been big fans of them for a long time, and I'm so glad that they're back now. Um, their lead singer, Nathan, uh, Nathan Pecknold, he left the band to uh, pursue higher education. He went to college and like got a degree, which is great. I'm really happy for him. That's awesome. But I was also really sad that we weren't getting Fleet Foxes music for like seven years. And uh, they've been, I think they've released two albums now since they've been back together. Mm. And I just love it. I'm so happy to have them back. So in this song, there's this kind of like refrain that they have a, a couple different times where they say, oh man, what I used to be. Oh man, oh my, oh me. Like sort of in, in disbelief of clearly this is an individual that has undergone some great change. They've sort of, they're sort of looking at their life and kind of taking stock of, you know, who am I? Where have I been? Where am I going? I think this is a really interesting kind of introspective song. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites of theirs, I think. Uh, but there's one line in particular that I think would be interesting to kind of leapfrog off of. And he says, I wonder if I'll see any faces above me or just cracks in the ceiling. Mm. And I kind of like the idea of a character that uh, maybe kind of opposite of this last character that made the cleric. There's someone that is searching for answers mm -hmm. and they're, they've always been, you know, agnostic or atheist and they've never really had any affiliation with the gods, but maybe they're out on their luck. Maybe they, you know, they get, they lose their job and they're living on the streets and they're just saying, how do I get by now? Someone needs to come and help me. And they're casting about looking for answers anywhere they can. And they're questioning, are there gods up there? Can the gods help me? And so maybe they're going on this quest for, you know, they're trying to get to Mount Olympus or something mm -hmm. to reach out to the gods and ask them to help them. And so this could potentially be a character that, you know, comes into paladin hood or cleric hood or something like that. Um, I don't necessarily want to be just a one trick pony and always talk about clerics and paladins, but I think that Let would me... be kind of an interesting thing. What, what, where do you, where do you go with this? What I was just going to say, I feel like I can help you with your character's profession because yeah. you don't want to just go with a, a cleric or a paladin yeah what if because your guy is going on a quest to find out you know what more is there and who are these great beings if yeah. they exist so what i instantly thought of is like someone who on their journey because i feel like oftentimes in the world of D D, there are so many different gods and so many yeah. people following said yeah. gods so this person would have plenty of people to talk to That's to true. and so i see them almost being sort of like a documentarian oh, so maybe yeah. your person is like a traveling scribe and what they like do that. is they'll come to a town and they'll seek out the local church or temple or whatever may be there and they'll just kind of sit down and they'll say can you tell me about your beliefs i'm just going to like make some notes i really like this idea they're they're like a celestial anthropologist or yeah. something like that like I, I like the idea of a character who their interest in divinity is purely academic it's not because they want to serve the gods necessarily themselves it's that maybe they think they're serving the entire world by kind of demystifying the gods and helping people to understand them better and say, look, here's the gods that actually can help you. And here's the gods that are kind of evil and tricky. And, you know, here's the gods that are, you know, that demand, you know, high tithes be given to them. And here's the gods that freely give their, you know, their their boons to people, things mm -hmm. like that. I think that'd be really interesting. I like it. And what I see kind of as like the reason why this is their approach is this person has always been they come from a scholarly background yeah. this is how they they're used to understanding the world and i think that's something that on their journeys as they're talking to these spiritual people that are, is often said to them they say 
you're going at this from such an analytical perspective. This is about what you feel <laughs> yeah. inside of you. Like what, what, when you look at a flower blooming on the side of the road, what does that make you think of? Like that's where you will find the deity that you believe in. And the guy's like, well, I know that the, the genus of that subspecies of daffodil is actually calculated by, yeah. you know, the amount of rain that came by here last summer and the way that the winds calculate the pollen distributions. The, and they're like, dude, you don't get it. <laughs> the genus of that species of daffodil is calculated by the amount of rain is <laughs> like er, any like botanist that is listening I'm, to this just shit their pants they're I'm, like oh my god what? <laughs> i'm trying to spew smart things to sound smart i don't have something in front of me sir <laughs> of course no I, I like that i do like that though that, that sort of faith versus science thing yeah that's kind of an interesting kind of battle I, I, you know I, I could see a lot of the people that this character is interviewing to, mm -hmm. you know, in the process of their research, being a little bit prickly about the fact that they're looking at the gods in this way. They're not talking about the gods as these figures to be revered. They're looking at them as like a puzzle to solve, mm -hmm. which is kind of disrespectful, I think, from some perspectives. So I think that's really, really neat. And this person could be getting themselves in hot water all the time, you yeah. know, maybe, you know, to, to try and find a way to make this a quest or something. Maybe this character comes to you uh, as a D&D &D party and they say, hey, um, I got kicked out of this town by the church because uh, they were mad that I was poking around in their in their holy scriptures trying to find answers here, right? But I wasn't looking for the answers they were trying to offer. So can you go in and, you know, take some notes for me and uh, do help me with my research, you know, and sneak in, maybe steal a Bible or two, see what happens. Like, that would be kind of a fun steal a adventure Bible. to go on. Yeah. What a sin. <laughs> exactly. Like, you, you look like you'd be a good Bible thief. Yeah. If you steal it, then it's on your hands, not mine. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I think that'd be interesting. Um, and what do the gods think of this? You know, yeah. are, are strange calamities constantly happening all around this figure because the gods are like dude you gotta stop like mm -hmm. they're always, they're sending there's burning bushes around every corner <laughs> <laughs> see what i'm thinking of um i i get a lot of inspiration around this character from a lot of the things that i love about the movie life of pi which pi is also a character who is trying to find the answer and what he believes in spiritually and so he is someone who he follows three at least three different religions yeah he is both hindu and uh christian and muslim uh he like recognizes all of these faiths yeah. and then he goes on this incredible journey that challenges his understanding of god and humanity yeah. and all of this stuff and it's making me think of this wonderful conversation that uh, is had around the dinner table when pi is young between his mother and his father because his father is this very scientific minded man and he's saying um science has taught us more about what's out there in the last 50 years than religion ever has yeah and his mom comes back and she's like that's that's true, but religion can tell you more about what's in here, and she like you know touches her heart yeah. than science ever can. Yeah, and it's just like this kind of beautiful like balance and dichotomy, and that's kind of what I'm seeing in like a lot of the conversations yeah. I can picture this character having. Totally, yeah. It's mostly just like blood in there, by the way. Yeah, too, lots right? of gush, gu gooey, gooey mush people <laughs> yeah. bits. Yeah, gooey mush people bits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I, that's that's a great. 
that's a great parallel to draw. I like that as a comparison. So yeah, um, yeah, I I like this character too. Do you want to do one more each, Piper? I think so. All right, pull up your next song here. My last random song. Ooh, okay, awesome. I got "Dancing Through Life," which is a song from the Wicked soundtrack. It is one of my <laughs> favorites from this album. I was wondering if we were going to end up with any, a musical, uh, any musical songs, <laughs> yeah, any show tunes. Here. I have a lot of show tunes on my inspiration playlist. Yeah, um, future Sam is going to have to go and listen to this now and find a part to plug in. Here oh, I will give play. you the exact time code that you okay. need for the best little swell in this number. No, this song I love because it builds so much. It does a great. It's a great ballad, first of all, and. And it's kind of Fierro's character song. It tells you a lot about him. This idea that he, he nothing bothers him because he doesn't care about anything. He's yeah. like, I just coast through life. I dance through life. Everything like just brushes off my shoulders. And I can't get hurt if I don't care about anything. And so that's his Fair. kind of like mindset. And he's having he's singing the song as he's introducing himself to Glinda, the good witch, who she you know she falls in love with him. And he's like, we need to like have a big party here. He just got to the school, and she's like, oh. Well, the Ozdust Ballroom. That's where you go to have fun. He's like, sweet, let's go. It's going to be a great time. And then there's all these other character dialogues that come in of um, Elphaba talking to her sister who wants, like, she's been invited to the dance by this boy who only invited her because he asked Glinda and she didn't want to go with him. So she's like, oh, what if you asked out the girl in the wheelchair? (laughs) That would be so nice of you. So he does that instead. I know. I I feel like every time you talk about Wicked, I'm like, what the fuck? I I don't know anything about Wicked. Yeah, there's so many details. Yeah. It's so it, it's good. It's not as weird as like when you talk about cats and I'm like, what the fuck well, is Well, because cats is weird as hell. Yeah, like yeah, everything is. is normal compared to cats. I know so much more about cats than I really feel is I'm reasonable so for, <laughs> for a person who's never actually seen it to know about cats. But Sorry, go on about Wicked. Um, but no, so like this song, I think it's, it's one that I often kind of relate to because I do feel like I have this sort of like nonchalance about me that yeah. he is kind of vibing with in this number. And yeah. um, sometimes... Well, you notoriously don't love or care about anything. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's more that I'm just like, I, I just like kind of roll with it and like sometimes i should really like care more because it offends other people and i'm like hey it's fine it's whatever and they're like no this matters please take this seriously and i'm like oh okay cool i'm I'm checking checking myself and i'm in the moment um but i like that kind of the freeness of it all um so i guess i want to create a character sort of inspired by uh fiero himself this kind of do what you want sort of free-loving dude I'm thinking I'm picturing sort of like a Flynn Rider kind of character too, actually. Yeah. That they're kinda of like, oh, I'm just sort of out for myself. I don't really like human attachments. I like to just kinda of go where the wind takes me, see what happens, roll the dice, whatever. You know, like a gambler type character or something like that. Totally. I definitely think this character needs to be a traveler. There's someone who just goes from town to town and as soon as like the fun dries up, they're like, Well, I better leave. Yeah. Um and so I wonder <laughs> the fun if fun dries up. Yeah, like yeah. I, I wonder if this person they either need to I think a arrive in a town before bad things happen or they come to a town after bad things happen and i think maybe it's the before like maybe this person is oh you know what okay here's an idea we've been talking about a lot of like gods and big things this like episode right so i think i I might as well stay on track with that (laughs) i think what this character did one good idea and we just milked it for all well no so i think what this character did is because he's this like carefree guy i think he met this woman i'm gonna say he's a very handsome high elf your kind of classic stereotypical situation that you would picture with that i think he met this 
uh, magically inclined high elf lady. He wined and dined her and like had a whole bunch of fun, but then he left and he mm-hmm. moved on because mm-hmm. that's what he did. That's what he does. And normally he just like leaves broken hearts in his wake. Yeah. But little did he know this woman had extreme magical abilities and she has been going after him and causing trouble everywhere he goes to be like, how dare you use me in that way and then leave me? I like this. You know, it, maybe if this is a, she's, he didn't know this about her. He thought she was just like a beautiful woman but right. she was a very well respected and powerful member of like a mage's guild or something like that and so she has to kind of say no one disrespects me or our guild you know in a, in a front to me is an affront to wizards everywhere so i'm going to use all of the resources available to me all of the wizards at my back we're all going to come after you yeah so now you're on the run from this kind of group of well, magic users so here's the thing that i think is really funny about it is she is like going after him and she's like i'm going to follow you and i'm going to destroy everything that you touch <laughs> but he's oblivious to this oh he has no idea he has no idea <laughs> he'll like coast into a town and he's like dancing through life and he's like going around and having fun and then he's like okay bye and he'll leave and then she shows up and she destroys everything and then she <laughs> goes after him and he has no idea because he never looks back i really like this and this would be a really I, I think in some ways this would be a very valuable character to have in my back pocket as a dm because anytime they show up things go wrong which mm-hmm. means there's something for your party to go and do yeah you know? there's problems to fix when this guy is in town which is cool yeah and it sounds like they would also be a very interesting person to interact with you definitely know? like the the combination of their sort of arrogance and their lack of self-awareness and their they're, they think that everything always goes right for them, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm perfect. I, you know, I water off a duck's back kind of guy, right? Well, he has a line in the actual song where he goes, um, woes are fleeting, blows are glancing when you're dancing through life. And I've always, <laughs> the way that like the tempo is yeah. in this song, it's super fun. I always imagine him kind of like shadow boxing with somebody while he like <laughs> sings that line. And it's just like, he's like, no one yeah. can hit me because I'm always moving around. I feel like this character is definitely a rogue. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're very, yeah kind of light on their feet like nimble dexterous kind of mm-hmm. kind of character not a big heavy hitter bruiser kind of guy oh, they, yeah. they use their their charm and their intelligence more than anything else but they have just like a garbage wisdom score <laughs> yeah i feel like if you were to introduce this character into a session for your party to interact with they might be asking him they're like so stranger where have you come from and he mentions yeah. a series of towns and when he says those things they're like Every single one of those towns has been hit by this like weird storm. They like keep meteors keep falling at all these towns. They're like, it's that's weird. such a weird coincidence that you've been to all these places. And he's like, how strange. How about another drink? And he's just like, they're like, don't you think maybe there's something connected Everybody to this? Everybody starts. They're they're like slowly backing out of the room. They're, they're, they're like going into their storm shelters, you know, locking up their doors. Yeah, that actually, I think that would be to have that all finally come to a head. He'd walk into a bar and maybe his reputation is starting to travel faster than he is. There because you go. People are connecting the dots. And when he go, you know, he would walk into this tavern and they, it's like record scratch silence. Everybody kind of right. looks at him. Yeah. And then they all just like book it and he goes, all right, cool. More room for me. And he would sit down at the bar and just reach over and grab a bottle and pour himself a drink, just kind of by himself, relaxing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when this woman walks in the door. She finally catches up to him. Yeah. You know, like that would be, I think, a really interesting sort of cinematic moment. And as she's, th- this is what I picture happening is he sits down at the bar, he pours himself a drink. A few minutes later, this woman who he scorned, his, his former lover mm-hmm. out, out for revenge, walks in and sees him right as she goes up to him to kind of, she, 
he probably doesn't even recognize her, you know? He's right, because he's not even seen thinking about so it. many women in yeah. so many towns. She starts walking up to him and he kind of turns and is like, oh, hey, baby, what's up? And then right behind her, the adventuring party walks in <laughs> and they would just see, you know, what happens here. This interaction that they see, they kind of have to go, ooh, okay, do we want to get involved with this? <laughs> what's going on here? You know what? I feel like I love this whole, like, the scorn thing and the the one-sided love because it actually works really well with the song as well there's another like kind of part two of this song it's very long but the so the character bucky asks um uh Elphaba's sister out to the dance and they're at the dance and he's wants to confess to her he's like oh her name is nessa because he goes nessa i have something to confess a reason why i asked you here tonight and all of this stuff and then she's like oh i know you you did it because you were you felt sorry for me because i'm this person in a wheelchair and he's like no wait i can't actually tell you that so he's like no it's because i love you and you're so beautiful (laughs) and he like lies to her but he does it to like be nice but it sets off this huge like plot story for her that she's like no he loves me he told me that one night and she kind of goes mad with like thinking that like buck like actually cares for her and it's her sister's fault that they don't actually work out in the end it's a really cool kind of because she becomes the wicked witch of the east yeah eventually but um yeah so i feel like that kind of tying into it works really well with the, sort of the story that we tell telling I, I do too. too. And, you know, and he would maybe try to tie his, he'd, he'd talk, talk his way back into her good graces, right? He would try to be like, oh no, I, I went out to find the best ever wedding present for you because I want to marry you. And she's like, <laughs> you're full of shit, man. No, no you didn't. <laughs> like, but what, what excuses would he make to try and, yeah. That, oh, he would, would have fun. so many. I think too, at one point he'd be like, I'm thinking now of that bullshit answer that Calypso gives to Davy Jones when he's like, why didn't you come when you promised you would? And she's like, would you love me if I was any other way? It's just my nature. And he's like, but you love that I'm so carefree and easy. That's why you fell in love with me in the first place. And she's like, you fucking asshole. No, (laughs) you charmed me and you left. Absolutely. No, that's great. I I love this. I I love these characters. Um, Should I jump into my last one here? Let's do it. Okay. So the final song on my playlist is You've Got the love by florence and the machine nice. um i i love florence so much um we we kind of have this funny joke about florence that um we've really wanted to see her live for many years but all of her concerts are like super <laughs> expensive right every every time we see her come to town it's like oh florence's machine at the target center only 250 dollars for tickets so we always joke that we want to just try and trash her reputation so by her spreading salacious rumors about her yeah so she becomes less popular and tickets become cheaper so every time we refer to her we're like oh yeah uh notorious uh puppy kicker florence welch right. <laughs> you know or, uh i i think that's just hilarious infamous anti-vaxxer florence yeah, yeah, welch ex- exactly exactly uh but no we we actually genuinely really love florence welch yes. um i think her just the size of her music yes, i think it's is so, so cool good. everything she does just sounds so huge and epic she's got harps and you, you don't hear harps and giant and, drums yeah like harps and like giant like timpani drums and things like that things you sounds you don't really hear in pop music that often and that's what i really love about her is she has such a unique sound but she also just has an incredible voice that it's yeah it's really really cool um she's kind of eclectic and and sort of a she seems like a very strange person to mm-hmm. me which i also kind of love um i don't know i love it um but yeah, this, this song is just so great. Um, I immediately think, see, I, I don't necessarily want to lean into my, what my first thoughts are for this because mm-hmm. the song is about somebody saying, Oh, I've found the perfect person for me. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I throw my hands up in the air, but like, you I know, just don't like, care. Like I just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, saying, Lord, I just don't care, but I know I can count on you. That's, that's what she says in the song, actually. Um, 
but this person is always there for her and they're kind of this perfect piece that solves all the problems. So kind of contrary to this character that we've just talked about, uh, for you, this is somebody who maybe is, you know, uh, not really like a selfish lover. They, they are somebody who actually like kind of cares, but I don't know if I want to just lean into that and just have something so similar. So, mm-hmm. so I think I want to focus on a different lyric here and take this in a slightly different direction. Just mm-hmm. put a little twist on it. So there, there's another lyric in the song that says, sooner and later in life, the things you love you lose, but you've got the love I need to see me through. So I kind of want to interpret that as, you know, the things you love you lose. Maybe this is someone who had their, they had found their perfect soulmate, but they lost them. They, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were killed in an accident or killed in battle or, you know, something happened that they're no longer there. Maybe they just died of, they got sick. They died of old age or something like that. They died naturally. Um, and this person was just so, so like overwhelmed by grief. They said, I have to bring them back. Anything I can do to bring them back, I, I will do it. I will pay any price. So they found someone that could, you know, that claimed they could revive the dead, right? But really all that they could do is they could just trap their spirit in this world. So they tried to revive them, but they ended up just, they they said, essentially, they are just haunting some object that she has, you know, that's meaningful to her. Maybe it's like her wedding ring. Maybe that's what it was. So they got married. She hired someone to bring her husband back. Mm -hmm. And their husband's spirit now lives in this wedding ring and kind of follows her around. Like Mm. throughout the day, Her, her spirit... His spirit just like lives with her, but is trapped here. And so now she's kind of like, Oh, that was really, you're, you're not actually back. Now you're just sort of in limbo. You can't move on to the other side. I feel like I'm punishing you. So she's trying to find a way to release this spirit into the other world and, and actually send him on his way. So Very cool. I think that would be a really fun thing. And Ooh. you know, what kind of, what kind of abilities does she get by having a, you know, her ghost lover as kind of a partner, you know, like Dude. can other people see this spirit? Can ah. other people interact with the spirit? You know, can she get like secret intel? Can she have the, you know, the ghost go through walls and eavesdrop on people and then come and report back to her? Can she, you know, does she have magical powers because she's attached to the spirit somehow? I think that would be a really fun character to to interact with. Okay, I'm vibing with this so hard right now because literally <laughs> the story that I've been working on is uh, it's a haunted mansion fanfiction. Um, so I've been no, literally a thing no one has ever said proudly. <laughs> no, I I'm so proud of this thing, guys. Once it's done, I will definitely share it with all of you. Um, I'm gonna get it printed. I'll send out copies. <laughs> but I no, I've been just like totally encased in ghost story romance for this entire month of October working on this. And so I'm like, I'm loving all of the imagery that I, that I'm seeing here. So I've got a couple of questions for you, like visually and aesthetically. Um, because also one thing that I started, like I binged all of this in preparation for writing my story. There's a great, uh, TV show adaptation of the ghost of Mrs. Mirror, um, which is all on YouTube. Uh, so if you like, uh, cute sitcoms from the sixties and (laughs) seventies about, uh, a beautiful widow and, uh, her handsome ghost that she like (laughs) hangs out with, you know, definitely check it out. It's got everything you need. (laughs) (laughs) And check, all my boxes um but so like with that show and then also with things that are present in like the haunted mansion like the, the movie and everything i wonder does he appear can he look just like a solid human being or does he look like a transparent like I, version yeah. of himself or does he can he like interact with objects freely or is that something he has to try really hard like poltergeist style yeah. to like even move a pencil well, or, or like in ghost when patrick swayze has to learn how to beat up muggers or whatever for for demi Moore. right <laughs> totally exactly and it's like so these are the questions that i think are very important to flesh out when creating a ghost character so i really i very strongly feel that 
his existence as a spirit is kind of like almost like a punishment or an accident, right? Like it's it's something that she has to feel bad about because right. she's trapped him here in this sort of incomplete form, right? Mm. So it needs to be something where he can't take a human form without, you know, maybe he can learn to do that eventually with extreme effort. I mean, I think at the end of this story, that would be kind of the final finale is, mm-hmm. he, you know, he he knows he can only spend like – a minute in a human form again or he can he can possess somebody else's body or something like that so they can and do some he, pottery yeah exactly <laughs> but if he does that it will you know sap all of his remaining energy and he'll dissipate and go you know go away forever he won't get to go to the other side he'll just be gone into nothingness right dang so maybe that would be something he would do once to like save her life or something in a, in a dire moment at the end of the story that would be kind of a cool conclusion i think to it but i think the other thing is yeah, like he he needs to not be able to interact with stuff without putting forth extreme effort and like weakening himself. And I think he needs to not necessarily be able to communicate with other people or, or do things like that. I think his his powers, uh, if you will, need to be very, very limited, at least at first. Mm-hmm. And he could kind of grow into that, but there needs to be a strong kind of hard cap on what he can and can't do especially if you're playing this as a pc mm-hmm. just giving them a ghost that follows them around and helps them would be a really really tough thing to balance if they don't right. have you know very very specific limitations on what they can do so i that's how i kind of picture it mm-hmm. i also think visually this widow's um this widow's look would have to be of someone in mourning, you know, so because she has a cool black veil. Exactly. She's always wearing, you know, like a long, elegant black dress and like a black veil with like, maybe there's, um, the veil is like pinned into her hair with like a little, a little knife mm-hmm. that she, you know, maybe like when he first died, she considered killing herself with it or something like that. And she carries it around because, you know, I don't know, that's like a last resort for her to be with him again somehow or something like that. Very gothic. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that that's definitely how I picture her. People would almost probably mistake her for like a vampire or something when she comes into town. She's very, very that sort of macabre kind of dark in mourning look at all times. So it sounds like she's the only one who is aware of his presence. Yes. And can she hear him talk? Like, can he talk to her? Yes, or I think she... they can communicate freely. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like another interesting thing about this if no one else can really see him because he can't really manifest himself the way that he was brought into this world and kind of trapped here yeah i think she would have a hard time finding help because she would say to people i need you to help me with my ghost husband and they're like okay well i'm an experienced necromancer and i don't sense any ghosts yeah, yeah. i think you're crazy totally like she has to find people she has to convince them somehow to be like i'm not an insane person totally. literally my husband is trapped in this wedding ring yeah. and he won't get out of my head um, <laughs> and yeah. i need to help him move on because i was selfish and i tried to keep him here totally i also think the conclusion to this the solution to this problem it would be interesting if it was something as simple as just she could just destroy the wedding ring right but she one she wouldn't necessarily have thought of that but when that solution is presented to her you know she goes from necromancer to wizard to cleric to you know all these people who are magically inclined to work with the undead and they're to like barbarian yeah, he's ex- like i'll smash it exactly exactly <laughs> all these people who are magically inclined can't help her and then she finally meets a barbarian and he's like oh yeah i've 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 exercised ghosts before. You want to see how I do it? And he just takes a watermelon and smashes it with a hammer or something. He's like, <laughs> we do that with whatever the ghost is stuck in. It'll free him right up, you know, real quick. Um, so th- I think that would be an interesting thing for her because in order to release him, she also has to give up the, you know, one of the most important memories she has of him in this wedding ring. So yeah. that's such a difficult 
choice for someone to have to make, you know? Dude, Sam, I would challenge you if you were doing this as a story to take yeah. inspiration from your all-time favorite thing, The Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and be like, you know, just how someone's like, I can't destroy the ring. It gives me this cool power. I'm invisible. Yes. Yes. I see like ghosty people. It's sweet. I can't destroy it. Same she, thing that she, she got. She's yeah. like, yo, I can't throw this into the volcano. She she is Isildur, uh, <laughs> refusing to throw the, the ring into Mount Doom and, yeah, at the end of the Second Age. Yeah, yeah that, that would be uh, – that's low-hanging fruit, I think, honestly, <laughs> to compare those two things. <laughs> well, I feel like there would be a great deal of fear. Someone would tell her this is what yeah. you have to do. But she's like, what if you're wrong? What if I destroy the ring and it doesn't send him to the next place and he just disappears? And the, yeah, and then I just don't have this ring anymore and I don't have him. And I've doomed and my husband yeah. to a nothingness. Yeah, like, exactly. what do I do? Should I just stay crazy for the rest of my life yeah. and have him in my head? Like, <laughs> and, and also he's trapped here and can't enjoy the – you know, the the gifts of paradise or whatever it is, you know, whatever is on the other side in your D&D world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. those are those are questions. So. I like that a lot. Um, you know what would yeah. be if I wanted to, like, add a kind of funny spin to this? What? I like the idea that maybe they had kids um, and <laughs> like if you wanted to, like, kind of make it a little more lighthearted or whatever, yeah. the kids would be like, yeah, I don't know, asking their mom for something silly. They're like, oh, like, I want to I want a pony, mom. And she's like, you can't have a pony. And she's like, let me talk to dad. And yeah. he'll like possess her. And she'd be like, dad, can I have a pony? And he's like, yes, you can. And she's like, get out of my head. Like, no, don't ask your dead father for things. I, he has I no say in this anymore. That would be an interesting family dynamic, certainly. Uh, <laughs> holidays would be very strange, probably, <laughs> for, for this couple. But no, that that's fun. So, we have we have a serious kind of spooky gothic option and we have a fun kind of lighthearted option for this. I think those are two good kind of outcomes for for this one yeah imagine like meeting a little kid in a town and you're like where's your parents and they're like well my dad's dead but his soul's inside of my mom and so she's like walking around in the graveyard right now yeah no. they'd be like what the, what did you just say and it's like okay bye it's like wait hang on <laughs> no i i think there there would definitely be kind of a reputation that this family has mm-hmm. right like people would be afraid of her they would probably just call her the widow right like they would be you know too terrified to even utter her actual name right, right. I, I think that would be kind of a fun thing to get to play with too i love playing characters that have a reputation like that when you go into a place everybody kind of knows you you're infamous whether mm-hmm. it's for good or ill um, having people have strong reactions to your presence is really, really fun. Yeah, um, definitely. And especially for, I think, for people who maybe struggle with role play a little bit. You know, a, a lot of times when you play D&D, especially if you play with new people and you say, okay, you're in a tavern. What do you want to do? And they're just kind of like, oh. uh, I don't, you know, you can do anything. It's hard to just come up with stuff to do. And so mm-hmm. having traits like this where you as a DM can kind of prompt your your players based on you know, the reactions that the NPCs in the world have to them, I think that can be helpful uh, towards pushing uncomfortable or, or unfamiliar uh, players to role play more and to kind of, you know, actual act, actually act out their, their players kind of tendencies and personalities. I agree. So yeah. 100%. Um, so whether you want to make yeah. this a spooky lady in your story <laughs> or a funny one, you decide. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, I think that's a good place to leave this one off. I think yeah. we, so. we've got six really cool kind of characters and some stories around them that we would love if you guys just steal these just yeah. take them and Elaborate run away with, with them it. yeah go for it uh if you want to use these in any of your stories or if you want to you know play as one of these characters or anything like that um please let us know about it we'll we'll give you a shout out on air and we would you know just love to hear about it anyway 
Uh, if our listeners want to do that, Piper, where can they go to share their fun stories with us? Well, you can send us a tweet uh, on Twitter. We are at WorldForgePod uh, on Twitter. And then also mm-hmm. you can send us an email uh, at WorldForgePod at gmail.com. Yeah, we're pretty active on Twitter and we check the, the email every day. So if we see it, we'll we'll do our best to react right away. And we just we really, really encourage you to do so because we love getting feedback from our listeners. That's always really exciting. Um, but now is the time for us to hop on over to the next segment of the show here, the rec room, Aww. where we are going to be sharing a recommendation for something really, really cool that somebody else has made that we think can be a good source of inspiration for you. And I actually want to share another podcast that I heard recently. It's a fairly new podcast. Uh, it is called A Couple of Characters, and it's actually very similar to what we do. Um, the two hosts, uh, Alex and Quinn, they create characters every week based on just kind of like different ideas that they have, and they talk Talk about a lot of really interesting sort of D&D related concepts. And I, I think, um, you know, their show is a little bit more character focused than ours, it seems. So mm-hmm. if you are looking for more inspiration for characters, if you want to have, you know, somebody to give you some ideas to kind of prompt you for things, that's a really great place to go. Uh, they're also on Twitter at ACOC podcast. Uh, that's again, that's a couple of characters and they're on, you know, presumably all major podcast platforms. I've been able to find them easy enough, but, um, they had an episode recently that I thought was really, really interesting. They brought on a guest, uh, Connie from the Transplaner RPG, which is an actual play on YouTube, I believe. Um, that is person of color run all trans, uh, actual play. And they had, uh, Connie on to talk about identity in role play and, you know, playing against your own sort of traits, you know, playing as, um, you know, uh, people of, uh, people with, with different disabilities and different life experiences and different, uh, you know, people of different colors and creeds and backgrounds and things like that. And it was a really, really interesting conversation. And I think these are really important conversations to have. And the D and D table is, can be a really, really safe and constructive place to have those conversations. So uh, I definitely recommend you go and listen to, it was their most recent episode. And I just thought it was a fascinating listen. I, I was completely engrossed the entire time. Um, and I especially thought thought it was interesting because this is what I I wrote my capstone paper yeah. for my my degree about this actually about identity exploration and role play. So I wish that I had heard this before I wrote that paper because it seems like they they had some incredible insight into mm-hmm. this and I and I thought that was really really fun. So um go and check them out please. Again that's a couple of characters at ACOC podcast on Twitter. Uh, and, and tell them we sent you because uh, <laughs> they're, they're just delightful. So Absolutely. Yeah, no, that sounds that. super cool. Um, so now we've got another we're, – we're bringing back another segment that we haven't visited in a while, Piper. We're, Ka-splash! We're, Ka-splash! We're jumping into the thank tank, Piper. <laughs> Who are we thanking this week? Well, you got a couple of little shout-outs to give. Yeah, we're kind of behind on that. Um, people are so nice <laughs> and we are not worthy of your love and affection. <laughs> so now we have to praise you and embarrass you on air yes. because you're great. This first one goes out to a big old thank you to Matt. He's at Roguish Tambeck uh, on Twitter. And he said, World Forge Pod, after listening to this week's episode, I'm tossing out my the original idea that I had for a campaign I just started and will now have my players doing an errand for death. <laughs> Inspired, I think, from our last episode of Fright Forge. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. That is so kind and nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. We Matt really appreciate interacts it. with us, yeah, quite a bit on Twitter. And it's, it's always a delight to hear from everybody. But we especially love hearing from our regulars. And we love to know that you're using our ideas. That's that's really, really cool. It's I'm glad so that, nice. Yeah. I'm glad our spooky 
death episode didn't scare everybody away. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> we also want to give a big thank you to Mary Foley, and she's at Mary Contrary one three one on Twitter. That's a great. Uh, it's app. a very fun name. I love that. Um, she just mentioned that um, she uh, really enjoyed listening to our show, uh, given given her lots of great ideas. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. We're so glad thank that we you could so help. Much, Mary. Um, and then last one is to Tom Enlightened Role Playing. He's at Tom Hart four six. Uh, he said world building is better with friends when world forge pod is more entertaining than doing my own building while the kiddo sleeps so yay thank you we're glad that we could give you something to listen to while your little little one snoozes away yeah, and dreams yeah. of sugar plums and monster truck rallies <laughs> the, and everything the classic else things that kids dream yeah, of. Yeah, yeah yeah that's what i think about when i go to bed oh uh, man what a what a dream <laughs> what a dreamscape that you're weaving and here beautiful monster trucks <laughs> grave digger uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you so much uh, to, to those three listeners specifically, but also to all of our listeners. We really appreciate you coming back every week. And thank you, of course, to Angus for suggesting this yes. wonderful topic this week. We had a lot of fun with this and we, this we is were great. looking forward to it for a while. Um, but, you know, it's been hard for us to do listener requested episodes because we you know had a whole month of spooky stuff and it's just there's just been so much going on so we're going to try to get at we have kind of a backlog of a few listener requests that we're going to do i think for the next few weeks so uh we're really really excited to do some yeah. more of those i actually feel like this is something that we could bring up again whenever yeah. we're kind of like fumbling with an idea we should definitely just be like let's just shuffle our freaking ipods absolutely ipod shuffle <laughs> give it a shake <laughs> see what comes up and we'll make a story about it absolutely I'm, I'm very keen to revisit this one so yeah let's let's definitely put a pin in that and and maybe revisit this sometime. But uh, for now, I think that's the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher or Google Play or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. If you can just give us a five-star rating and leave a nice little comment, that does so much to help get our show in front of new listeners. Also, consider sharing it with a friend. Mm -hmm. um, that's also a really, really great way to help our show grow and uh it also just makes our day so please consider doing that and <laughs> again consider reaching out to us at worldforge pod on twitter with your feedback with your thoughts your fan art your fan mail your fan fiction anything <laughs> like that or send us an email at worldforgepod at gmail.com you can also send your hate mail to us there too you don't have to tell us we're cool you can also be like hey you guys suck stop it that's also certainly true we're not going to stop it but you can still tell us that if you want we're to. open yeah. to critique <laughs> i want your worst anything for that, that interaction I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Thank you so, so much, listeners. We uh, had a great time this week. We hope you did too. And we will be back next week with another exciting topic for you all. So you take care and be safe this week and goodbye. See you later. Bye.